Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello there, everyone. This is Megan Hillica, and today we're going to talk about how combining Aria's death and the top five regrets of the dying has helped me live for today. Um, there's a book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, so I'm just going to kind of go through that and share my thoughts. Before that, I want to let you know that in January, I'm giving away a free grief healing gift for anyone that joins Grieving Moms Haven. This is my online community, healing community, where you can get access to so many proven and effective tools to help you on your grief journey. But when you join, you automatically get entered into this giveaway and it's a healing gift that will include items that I've found helpful on my grief journey and that includes things for sleep, processing emotions, remembering your child and just some amazing things to continue to support you on your grief journey. You can join Grieving Moms Haven for a dollar for a trial for your first month and again you'll automatically get entered into the giveaway for the month of January. So go to grievingmomshaven.com and come join us inside there. It is amazing. <laughs> I literally can't even tell you how much it can help you. You have to go try it and see for yourself. So let's dive into today's episode. I I feel like I, I kind of say this on repeat that Aria's death taught me that there's no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee for me, for my husband, um, for the rest of my children, for anyone I love. And I have the three F's I kind of think of that are the most important to me, my faith, my family, and my friends. So how do I live in a way that shows that these are the most important things to me? And do I just say that these are the most important things and not live that out? Um, it's, it's so easy to get, you know, caught up or busy with other things, to get distracted, um, even as a grieving mom to lose a lot of time in your life being overwhelmed in pain suffering and struggling to be so overwhelmed by grief that we forget to live and trust me I don't blame you if you are feeling overwhelmed by grief and cannot um, live even if you wanted to but each of us gets to take steps forward in our grief or not and I want to encourage you to keep reaching for learning how to live if um, that's what you want to do in your life. Anyways, there's a book written by Bronnie Ware. I think it's called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, who worked in palliative care. And she heard the same regrets over and over from people who are dying. And what I've learned from death, Aria's death, is that there's nothing like death, faith, facing death, that brings out our regrets. And all the things we wished we would have done until we didn't get to do. All the things that we focused on that we realized don't matter until it's too late. And 
while as a mom, you know, I could be wishing that Aria would be living and I shouldn't be living, you know, as a parent, you don't want to outlive your children. Um, but the thing is for me, Aria's death has given me the gift to look at these things and question my life and how I want to live. So Aria doesn't get the chance to live any longer. And how do I want to honor her in that? And how do I want to continue to live my life? What's important to me? Because no, there's not always just more time. And I'm here and Aria's not. So how am I going to live in a way that I can honor her, remember her, and live a very joyful, beautiful life? And I don't need to keep pushing things off till tomorrow. The only moments that are guaranteed are right now this moment this is all we have and if your child died you know this too there's no guarantee tomorrow so I want to go through the top five regrets of the dying and share how they have shaped my life after Aria had died and some insights or thoughts I have about them if I can encourage you to think about these things for your own life as well what do you want how do you want to live your life what matters to you? No matter what age you are, you get this opportunity and chance to live your life fully and make any changes or choices needed to live your life differently. So number one is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This one, I, I'm, maybe I feel for myself is particularly challenging. We want to feel love, accepted, and connected. And even in grief, we want to know that we're doing it right, that people approve of how we're doing it, whatever it may be. I've heard over and over again from other grieving mothers that they've changed, that they started to care less about what other people think. Because honestly, you just don't have the energy to put on a face or pretend and they just say it how it is. And truly, what gift would it give you to let go of the expectations of others have of you? And maybe even the expectations you have of yourself and live toward what's true for you. For me and my husband, we live our life differently than most people in so many ways. And many times I've felt like maybe we are weird or doing it wrong and... When it comes down to it, this is how we want to live our lives. And I feel like Arya's death really kind of pushed me to have the courage to live the life that we want to. And to live any other way for us would not be being true to ourselves. Um, an example for us would be doing our bus build and moving into our bus and traveling the country. Most people can't fathom that. And I know a lot of people think it sounds horrible to live in 280 square feet with eight people. But for us, it gives us things that are most important to us. We get to spend a lot of time together while we get to travel and see the country in a way that is unique. And we get to have so many amazing experiences and memories together. It's the best. But if we were living however else is, we would have a house, maybe be settling down, acquiring more things have a nicer car, whatever it is. And not to say that we won't have that someday, but right now that's not our life. And I do really believe that Aria, her death helped me 
put boundaries in place, um, helped me say no when it's not a good fit, but also helped me, you know, say yes when it is a good fit and help people and reach out and, you know, just in so many ways helped me figure out, you know, like, what am I good at? What are my gifts and where can I help people versus doing things that aren't, aren't my gifts that I hate doing that I don't want to do and just helping in that way. So number two is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Of course, it's important to work to provide for your family and take care of your daily needs. But how often do we spend more time at work than we do with our families? I often teased Justin or joked with him that he spent more time with his work people than he does with me. And we got married and I want to spend time with him. So how come we hardly have any time together? Aria's death truly changed our perspective on this and had us asking the question, how can we spend more time together while providing for our family and how do we make sure that we don't get so focused on work or other things that we forget the most important things to us, um, our relationship, our kids, our family, our faith, like just really not getting so wound up in the day-to-day life that we forget to take care of the things that are right in front of us. It's seriously a challenge. It's part of being mindful and paying attention again to what's important to you. Do you need to work that hard? I often think of how people say that they work so hard to provide an amazing life for their kids and family. And yet, in the end, what matters? Is it that you were gone providing for the family or that you spent time with them? I'm not saying that you can't ever be gone because... Trust me, I love my times away to work or recharge and I'm a better mom for it. But just noticing if this is the reason you work so hard and if that working hard takes you away from your family most of their lives and what are you missing out on? I kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir because if your child died, you know what you are missing out on. You already know that can happen. But I feel like I need these reminders too in my life, so I'll share them here anyways. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Again, this one is so challenging. Um, If you know Enneagram at all, and I feel like I've talked about it a little bit on here, but I'm an Enneagram 7, and expressing my feelings has been a challenge for me my whole life. I'd rather numb them. I'd rather end relationships than have the hard conversations. I'd rather just ignore them. And again, Aria's death forced me to take a step back and look at how important feeling my feelings is, expressing my feelings, and honoring my feelings. There's something so beautiful in expressing your feelings. Um, It truly creates a vulnerability, connection, and deeper relationships. When you can open up, share how you're feeling, share your struggles, share your joys, in connection with someone else, your relationship can be so much deeper. But I would agree with when they say like, I wish I'd had the courage because it is a very scary thing to do and it takes a lot of courage to be able to share. And here's the thing, just because the, you know, they says that they wish they had the courage to share, this doesn't mean that you have to or should be able to share with anyone. There's a certain level of trust in a relationship that is required to be able to share with safety And to really know that your heart and feelings are held in a safe container. But then I ask you, do you have a mask on pretending everything is fine when everything is not? 
If so, then how is that making your life better or worse? It takes a lot of energy to put that mask on and pretend everything is fine. And is that what you want for your life? And even if you don't say that, you know, express your feelings to other people, are you allowing yourself to express them or feel them to yourself? Are you being honest with yourself about what you're feeling? Or are you justifying and pretending to feel differently? I've done this myself, so I get it. But being honest with yourself can be a huge challenge and it's a very vulnerable act. And feeling your feelings is one of the hardest things you can do when you are in grief. It, it really, really is. Number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. This one can be tough after loss because maybe people who you thought you, you know, were good friends with, they disappeared when your child died. Or maybe your relationship is strained afterwards. Maybe you found friends who've showed their support and made different friendships with people who have experienced something else or who understand what you've walked through. And these friendships can mean so much. So have you stayed in touch with friends or reached out to make new connections? Is this something you regret? And is there something you can change or do about it now? Is there even the possibility of some forgiveness maybe from you towards a friend who maybe didn't act in a way that you thought they should or that you think they should um, if they are wanting to continue a friendship just things for you to explore there's no you know no right or wrong or something I'm pushing on you but just to explore like is there that opportunity there one thing I've learned about friendship is that often you have to be the one to reach out more than others do. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just a perception, I think. And it might just be me. I can't always say I'm in a good headspace with this. But I've learned that if I want connection with others, I can't wait for others to reach out to me. I get to be the one to start to open up the conversation. I get to be the one to invite them over or call them on the phone. And when you're grieving, this can be hard. But also it can be very important if you have some people you can call to just chat and talk about what's going on for you. I did this so many times when Aria died. I would just call people and talk and talk to and talk, talk to them about Aria and what I was thinking, what I was feeling, everything. And I'm really grateful I had people in my life who just listened to me. And now I do that for my friends in my life who are grieving. And when I meet up with them, my expectation is just to listen and be with them. And allow space for them to talk. Not for me to talk and really share what's going on with me. So it's kind of this like, you know, utilizing those friends and having that support system for when they're going through something that you can be there. And when you are going something through something that um, they can be there to listen. And it, I know it's not <laughs> as easy as I'm kind of saying right now. It's, it can be really complicated, but Friends have been very important for me in my life. And I know each of us is different, but I do believe that we each need human connection in some way or another. We need love. We need connection, friendships, relationships with others. And grief can very much make you turn inwards um, and kind of isolate yourself and push people away. So I would encourage you to be mindful of this. And the last one Number five, I wish I'd let myself be happier. I think this is one of the biggest struggles we have as humans. Um, 
in our life to be happy. So this is not, you know, just grieving humans, but just humans in general kind of struggle with the how to be happy, how to be happier, you know, feeling unfulfilled in their lives. And then you add grief on top of that. Um, it is just a huge, huge thing. Like even if your child didn't die, I was trying to look up percentages and I just, I just don't really know if I can trust polls taken in percentages. So I'm just going to say like in every poll that I found, it's a high percentage of people who report being unhappy. So it's something that we all strive for maybe, and it seems very hard to find, but I have a few ideas why. First, we don't let ourselves be happy. Like they say, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Sometimes it feels like if we let ourselves be happy, when something bad happens, it will feel worse because we're so happy. And then something bad happened. Um, like you are almost predicting, you know, something bad happening in the future. So if you don't be happy now, it won't be as painful. Like almost like you're predicting the pain in the future and trying to minimize it, which actually it doesn't do that. <laughs> but you're just kind of making your life miserable the whole time. Or if you let yourself be happy, then you feel guilty because you shouldn't be happy for XYZ reasons like your child died or someone else's suffering or who are you to feel so good or who are you to be you know living such a good life and then thinking that we should be happy all the time this is the other thing I kind of wanted to address here is when things get hard like when you're grieving or just not having a good day often you can add emotional weight and turmoil trying to be happy when you just aren't and that judgment that you should be happy all the time actually makes you very unhappy it doesn't bring happiness so letting your life be 50 50 50 percent of the time negative emotion and 50 percent of the time positive emotion then you can find happiness in both because they're both supposed to be there it's okay to feel both so kind of just reflect how are you getting in the way of your own happiness are you not allowing yourself to be happy with grief the most common reasons I felt and I hear from the moms are feeling guilty for feeling happy not feeling like they deserve happiness because their child can't be happy or that their child is dead fearing that feeling happy will mean that they are forgetting their child and believing that being happy means they're not grieving anymore I will always ask these kind of questions <laughs> just I, I just think it's so important for us to constantly kind of reflect and get curious and bring awareness to our lives there's nothing wrong with whatever way you want to live your life but I encourage you to ask questions with curiosity and openness and then from there be honest about where you want your life to go and what is happening in your life right now so did any of these five regrets of the dying cause you to ponder for yourself in your life? Even though you might not feel like your life is a gift, but you're here. And I worked with a mom who was in her 60s and she told me, I want to learn how to live because I don't have that many years left. I don't want to waste them. You get to choose how you want to live with this grief. So how do you want to do that? I'm always here rooting for you, always here supporting you. And I want you to know that you're not alone and there's hope for you in your future. From one grieving mom to another, 
I'm sending you all the love today. See you next week. Take care. If you like this podcast and have found it helpful, I want to invite you to come check out Grieving Moms Haven. This is my monthly community for grieving moms where you can learn positive coping mechanisms, find a safe space with others who understand, and learn lifelong skills that support you as you learn how to carry this weight of grief in your life. There are group coaching calls where we do guided meditations, tapping meditations, breath work, and just talk, knowing that everyone in the group is also walking the path of child loss. You can come check out Grieving Moms Haven at www.grievingmomshaven.com.